So this evening, um, we're wrapping up our year's theme where we've been looking at um, what it means to live a life of wisdom. And um, I, it's not really a kind of um, a to-do um, message, um, more a set of reflections just um, where I felt the Lord has led me to cap off this um, this theme and um, I'm gonna have to put my glasses on I bought the wrong glasses with me which means I can read but then I won't be able to see you but anyway such is life Um, I'll perch them on the end of my nose then I can that works Um, so when uh, we started the year in February um, we were looking at this broad overview of wisdom and looking from um, the book of Proverbs. If you remember, the book of Proverbs is one of three books of wisdom literature in the Bible. And, but really with the heart of what does God mean by wisdom? What does it mean to have godly wisdom? And what does that look like in our ordinary everyday life? That really matters to me. That's probably, if I was going to say my kind of life message it would be what does that look like like what 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 if we pull that into our ordinary life what does godly wisdom look like for us as we live our ordinary everyday lives and um just as a kind of a matter or like a bit of a recap from that first session um, where we looked at the beginning of proverbs and even how proverbs was written um that pursuing a a life of wisdom is definitely not about living a perfect life um, with no mistakes like that's not possible for any of us and also recognizing that as we start to look at how do we apply wisdom and that's what is meant when um, in the Hebrew sense of wisdom it's not just head knowledge it's the application of how do we live our life that's what's meant by wisdom in in the in Hebrew culture Um, but that it doesn't really matter how much we learn and look to apply wisdom there's no way of avoiding the fact that life will um, have pain and trials and difficulties in it Um, and so we're looking to live a life of wisdom but not just so that we can live an easier life or um, that that would eliminate all the things that are difficult about life and I think that something else that I felt really strongly about as we set out on this journey at the beginning of the year was um, because Proverbs particularly contrasts a lot wisdom and foolishness um, one could be left with feeling that when hard things happen Um, that that's always the result of something that we've done wrong. And that is definitely not a scriptural idea. There are obviously times where our actions and our foolish actions will lead to consequences, um, and sin has consequence. But there are trials and suffering in our life that are nothing to do with having lacked wisdom. We just live in in, in in, in a life that is sometimes hard. And so... I guess those were things that were important for me to set out because, well, maybe you're not wired like me, but I'm somebody who by nature thinks, well, if I can just gather the right information and then do the right thing, then everything will 
therefore fall into place. Like I like my ducks to be in a row. And godly wisdom doesn't look like that. It's a learned, applied thing over a lifetime and is in relationship with God. So we're working that out all of the time. Um, And so, um, again, because the idea of wisdom from a Hebrew point of view is um, practical and applied... um, we have to be able to practice that. And so we have, um, over the course of this year, with that underpinning of that godly wisdom always comes from God. It only comes through faith and relationship with Jesus Christ and trusting him in our lives and um, living under his authority. Um, That godly wisdom has at its goal to glorify him, not to just be clever, Um, and that um, godly wisdom will show up in every aspect of our life, not just the things that we deem to be spiritual. Um, So we've looked at over this year being women of the word, and so looking at the importance of the scripture and the word of God in our life. Um, There was certainly no way that we could look at Proverbs without considering the role of our mouth and what we say with it and how we say it. So we had a look at that and I guess wisdom and foolishness relating to that. We've explored wisdom in our relationships. We've looked at how to grow in maturity and although... Um, Proverbs doesn't use the word maturity by the way that it describes wisdom. It's talking about that process of growth and maturity in our life and certainly throughout scripture that would be reflected. Um, We've had some opportunities to quieten ourselves before the Lord and just to listen and receive from him because again there's no wisdom without hearing from the Lord into our lives. And then, of course, last month we had a look at our the real importance in our life of our personal prayer life um, and through the sharing um, from Roz and Bev and Steph, just recognising that our prayer life is not a one-size-fits-all, that um, that may look different for different people, but the pursuit of that in our lives remains something that is worthwhile um, going after. So as I was thinking about finishing up this theme of wisdom for the year and living wisely together, I felt like we couldn't really skip over Proverbs 31, which, um, as you know from other times, um, I have a checkered history with Proverbs 31 because I, I have at times seen her, um, the woman portrayed in Proverbs 31 to be rather exhausting. But um, we have looked at her in more detail a couple of years ago, so I'm not going to go into lots of detail about it. But there's, again, a couple of things that I just want to remind you about in terms of Proverbs 31. Um, because I do think as women... Um, well, anyway, there, there, is a, there is a lot written that could keep clobbering us over the head about the fact that living a life of wisdom means living this perfect life that seems to be personified in this superwoman. But really what we need to remember is that most scholars agree that um, Proverbs 31 is written as an acrostic poem. So an acrostic poem is where the letters of the um, first line um, spell something. Um, And so basically what they're saying is that this is an allegory of the end time bride of Christ. So 
or Proverbs, the Proverbs 31 woman shouldn't really ever be viewed just as an individual woman, but actually as the church as a whole and her reflection of Christ-likeness. So that doesn't mean that we can't look at Proverbs 31 as women and glean something and have God talk to us. But we've always got to remember that the context with which it was written was not some manual of how to live our life to be able to be a godly wise woman as an individual. That's not how it was written and she is a fictitious woman. Um, But I love that when we started in Proverbs, we had wisdom personified as a woman. So that's how wisdom is described, lady wisdom, um, at the beginning of Proverbs. And then we cap off the end of Proverbs um, with the practical application of wisdom seen in the daily life of a woman, be it a fairly superwoman. Um, And so what I'm going to do today, we're not going to go through the whole... um, of Proverbs 31 describing this woman, I've really just picked out two verses that really stood out to me this time and just have a few observations to make about about that. Um, So amongst this amazingly incredible superwoman where there's all this buying and selling and making and baking and there's social justice and there's organisation and there's leading and there's providing and caring for... There is also a a couple of verses that focus on how she is dressed. And um, what I want to do this evening is unpack that a little bit and see how that relates to a life of wisdom. And I do have to say that I was really rather dismayed when I did a little bit of research for tonight to find how many articles were written linking the the verses in Proverbs 31 that we're going to look at with issues of modesty and particularly around the idea of beauty not being part of our outward appearance. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't important, um, but I do want to say that I don't think that what we wear is what is being talked about in um, in Proverbs thirty in Proverbs thirty one. Um, I am a mum of four daughters, and so at various stages of my girls' life, we have definitely had to have conversations about what they're wearing and how they're wearing it. Um, My youngest came home from Vinnie's earlier in the year. She went for an op shopping trip with her friends and came home with this black dress that could best be described as for anybody who was around in the 80s, the Robert Palmer girls who used to sing Addicted to Love with their black dresses. Well, it could be best described as that. And I kind of looked at her and she came out to show it to me. And I mean, she's not really a dress girl. Like she tends to wear quite baggy clothes. And I'm like, oh, oh, that, that, that looks interesting. I think it would look really great with your docks, a pair of um, tights and a really baggy jacket over the top. And so she went off to try layering it up a little bit as I'm trying to work out how to be tactful. And she left the room and my oldest, Beth, was visiting and she just looked at me and she goes, wow, mum, I seem to remember that at same age I came home with a pretty similar dress and you definitely did not speak to me like that. And I said, oh, 
what did I say to you? And she said, you told me I looked like a prostitute. (laughs) So I've obviously finessed my critique over the seven years between Beth and Alyssa. Anyway... Anyway, my point really is that our, the, the, the verses that we're going to look at this evening are not really directing us to, in what to wear in our wardrobe. Um, but I, if you ever want me to give you some input, I'll try to be tactful. Alyssa <laughs> uh, hasn't worn that dress since either, so I mean, I, anyway. Um, so the first verse that I want to look at is um, verse 25, and it says this. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. I always find that when I'm looking at a passage um, of Scripture, it can be helpful to look at the definitions and the Hebrew words that are used. So uh, that's what I'm going to do with this passage, just so we can have a little bit of an idea of what's being said here and then how does that relate to us in this context of living a life of wisdom. So that word strength um, is... There are various Hebrew words for strength. This is actually not the word, so I looked that up. This is not the same word for strength used when it talks about things like the joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, It's a different word. It's a word that has various applications from meaning force and security and sort of that kind of strength and might and power. Um, But it also means majesty and praise And it also means boldness and loudness. And what's really interesting about this word strength when I looked at the biblical usage of it is that it's most often used to describe God's strength. Um, And so when I looked at other places that appears in Scripture, most often what it's doing is making this direct link between God's strength and how he gives his strength to his people. And so here are a few examples is using that same word strength. So Exodus 15:2 says the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Or Psalm 28 verses 7 to 8. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people and he is, um, um, he is the saving refuge of his anointed. And then 1 Chronicles 16, 11, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. So this is the first thing that it talks about um, this woman of ours um, being clothed in this strength, God's strength, um, this sense of both force and security but also majesty and praise and might and power and boldness and loudness. And then the next word, so strength and dignity are her clothing. That word dignity is quite an interesting word. In some translations, it's um, uh, translated honour. Um, so strength and honour are her clothing. But um, it means splendour and glory 
and honour and majesty. And again, most other places in scripture, this is a word used to describe God. And so what I guess I want you to grab a hold of with this first um, this first verse is strength and dignity are her clothing. That, that in fact, this is a picture um, of this woman being clothed in God's strength and majesty, of being covered by him. And uh, it says in Isaiah 61, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. And so again, it's, there's this imagery throughout scripture of how God has clothed us with the garments of his salvation and this is what's being described here. This woman, the, the, this, this wise woman, this woman personified here, it's strength and dignity. She's clothed and covered by the very presence and nature of God. Um, and so what does that mean for us? Well, as people who love the Lord Jesus Christ, as this, this promise applies to us, this same promise that we read in Isaiah 61, which is he's clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with his robes of righteousness. We are no longer naked and ashamed. We've been clothed and covered with his strength and his dignity. And so the second part of that verse, which says that she laughs, um, at the time to come. Um, in um, another translation, it says she laughs without fear of the future. And that word laugh means also to rejoice. And so, therefore, because this is the truth for us, um, is that as, as women who love the Lord and living a life of wisdom, we are covered um, and by his strength and dignity, and therefore we can laugh and rejoice at what is ahead, that we do not need to fear the future because we are covered by him. And then the second verse that I want to look, look at is similar but different. So whereas verse 25 talks about what we're clothed in, what clothing has almost, if you like, been chosen for us by our Father, Another funny story about clothing. Um, if I ever went away for a weekend when the girls were little, it would be very interesting to see what they were dressed in when Justin was choosing their clothing. And I used to call them my rainbow babies because they would be they would be nothing matching. Like their tights would not match, their dresses would not match because he would dress them together. And God is much better at putting our outfit together than Justin was for the girls. But he has chosen for us this clothing. So that first verse 25 talks more about what we're clothed in. But verse 17, um, which is what we're going to read now, it looks more at what we choose to dress in. So verse 17 says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Um, 
some translations say that she girds herself. And what that Hebrew word means to dress herself or to gird herself, it means to bind on. So she is not just casually throwing on her clothes. Like this is a really purposeful and intentional action. And um, the, you would have heard the phrase, to gird your loins. Well, that's an idiom. It means really to prepare something that requires a readiness and a strength and endurance. It really often is used as a, a, a battle kind of term. So she dresses herself with strength. She girds herself. She binds on strength. Um, and that word strength is exactly the same word that we read in verse 25. So she dresses herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. In another um, translation, it says she strengthens her arms. Um, and that word strengthen really got my attention because what it means is to be strong, alert, courageous, brave, to be determined and to make oneself alert. So there's an action in it. It's something that sort of requires action, to make oneself alert, to be determined um, and courageous and to persist, to actually have a persistence um, and a grit. And so I feel like this is kind of like a spiritual call to get in our active way. That's what I was imagining, that, that, um, that, that we are to be dressed fit for purpose, that we are to be dressed um, and equipped and strengthened for what it is that, that God has for us. And I just want to read for you Ephesians 6 because it just echoed for me so much of what I think is encapsulated in this verse 17. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So this is obviously a familiar passage to us and it says this, finally be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Clothe yourself with the full armor of God. And I guess what I'm wanting you to get with the kind of these two scriptures, and the same thing happens in this passage in Ephesians, is there's this provision of strength. So, first, we have that sense that she's clothed in his strength and dignity. We are clothed in his strength and dignity. But then the very next thing, so finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. But then there's an action on our part. Clothe yourself with the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground and having done everything to stand. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of peace, and in all of this by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and to this end, be alert with all perseverance and petition, um, for all the saints. And so 
I feel that that's what's being reflected in this woman where we're looking at a whole lot of things about her life that reflect um, wisdom and living a life of wisdom. And in amongst all of that, you've got this idea that she's clothed with strength and dignity and then she also chooses to dress herself with what's been made available to her um, in God. Um, And so then we have in Colossians, so again you'll see that there's just this, um, all the way through scripture, this imagery of being clothed and covered And so Colossians um, 3, verses 12 to 17, and I'm reading from the message um, paraphrase for this one. It says this, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered content with second place, quick to forgive an offence, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. I just, I, I again love that imagery that gives us a choice about what we're clothing ourselves with. So all provisions being made for us. We already stand as women who are clothed and covered by his strength and his dignity, his majesty, his glory. Um, and we are called to be women who dress ourselves with the strength, with the provision that God has made for us. And whether you want to look at the imagery in the armour of God or whether you want to look at some of the characteristics in Colossians, and I'd really encourage you to um, spend some time having a look at both of these passages in your own time and just um, see what the Lord's highlighting um, for you. And so really as we finish this evening, really what I, I want to encourage you with is that we are called to walk in this application of knowledge. So not just head knowledge, but a wisdom that has its outworking in our life. Um, and the starting of that wisdom, which is really where we started at the beginning. I mean, the starting of all wisdom is in the knowledge and the relationship with God. And um, that in wisdom, we are to be able to walk in that wisdom knowing that you've been clothed with the strength and the majesty of God. To remember that you are his image bearers. And that therefore a life of wisdom as one of his image bearers is to live your life accordingly, outworking that you 
you carry his very image. You carry his strength and his majesty because you're covered by him. And so I really just want to finish this evening by um, praying for us um, in this vein around, I guess, knowing who we are and whose we are and what he's covered us with, again, just in a fresh sense. And then what does that mean for us? How do we then look at every day dressing ourselves with the strength um, that he has made available to us, the power, the boldness, the courage, but also that alertness and that um, p- persistence and that intentionality in our lives so that we continue to grow in this area of living a life of um, wisdom that brings glory and honour to him. So can I do that? Pray for us before we finish. Father, we just acknowledge that you are very much here with us this evening and you have been all year and Lord, as we've journeyed through various aspects of living a life of wisdom. But this evening, Lord, I just really want to pray for each one of us that we would receive a fresh revelation Firstly, of who we are in you, that um, we are covered with the garments of salvation, that you have placed on us your robes of righteousness, that we are your daughters and that we are daughters of the King that you have extended to us grace and forgiveness. And, Lord, we don't stand naked and ashamed before you. We stand fully clothed in your strength and your dignity. And so, Lord, I just want to take a moment, if there has just been a sense of um, the fading of that truth, And I ask that your Holy Spirit would again just remind us remind us that you have covered us, clothed us. And Father, we just so want to live accordingly. We want to live, Lord, in the truth that we bear your image, that we are your image bearers. Lord, we don't do that on our own or in our own strength, but God, we do recognise as we've explored this year that there are parts that we have responsibility for. There are things, Lord, that um, we get to choose. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to choose to put on the wardrobe that you've picked out for us as um, the message paraphrase puts it. And that, God, you would help us to clothe um, ourselves and be aware of the armour that you have provided for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that there would be a deepening sense for each one of us of 
um, a, a boldness, not necessarily a loud and brash um, sense of um, entitlement, God, but a sense of courage that comes from um, knowing what you've provided for us and that you are with us, God. Lord, would you help us to um, walk in a way that reflects a growing wisdom in our life, Lord, and a growing intimacy with you. And Lord, above all else, we pray that you would help us to bring glory to you. So we ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.